When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. No, my mindset was really to be a Viking. Um, I would like to retire as a Viking, and so I would like to play my way into that, if you will. I know i got to earn the right to do that, but uh, if, if I could draw it up, it would be play well enough that they're never you never have to play or wear another jersey anywhere else. There he is, the dagger doctor himself, the late-game luminary, the colossus of clutch, the fourth-quarter pharaoh, Kirk Cousins. I believe that was his first press conference since signing the new contract, right? Yep. Yes. He's done a bunch of, he's done he's a bunch done of podcasts. Uh-huh. He did um, our guy, Joe Spinoza. Yeah, he the number one Kirk Cousins fan came on Ventline. Two weeks later, Joe Spinoza, number one Kirk Cousins fan, got Kirk Cousins for 20 minutes on on his uh-huh. uh, the debut of his podcast. So, good stuff. Welcome into the show. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Mackie Judd, our executive producer, Declan. The show is presented by Surly Brewing Company and TCL TVs. They have a whole new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So uh, so Kirk, we'll get to a lot of things here. Yesterday was day one of sort of the, the – if you have a new coach, you can start – bringing guys in for meetings and workouts. It's all optional, but is it really optional? you got a new coach. You've got playoff Super Bowl aspirations. Like, well, you should probably be. You should probably, you should probably yeah, be. Yeah. And plus, yeah. KOC gave them an, an extra week. Technically, they could have started a week ago Monday. Some teams already, did with new already coaches. Soft. And he, soft. Yes. S-A-W-F-T. Exactly right. Soft. Exactly right. So I hope everyone showed up. Do we know who? Do we know if anyone didn't show up? We don't so know who didn't show up. We could, like, prove. And guys like come back in, in the and day, out, we too. Could, okay. Like, they might come in, do some bench pressing, and then go, uh, you know, There's lots of contract clauses that call for you to be there a percentage of the time. So if you step foot in the weight... So here's my question. If you have, like, a like a yes. $200,000 workout bonus, yes. and you have to be there, like, 80% of the workout dates, can you walk in, spot someone for five minutes, and walk out and say, right, I'm here. Give me my bonus. I guess you can try it. Yeah, why not? I think that's why Judd's here actually on a Tuesday. Like Judd didn't come here on Tuesday. He's got that's some bonus in the contract. Bonus. Yeah, he's it's a like, huge bonus I knew it. for me. Dan's in the office today too. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. It vests today. Here for ten more years now. <laughs> it vests. It's yes. a vesting option. <laughs> so, all right. Should we? How do you want to? We got some clips here, Dex. Should we? Should we talk about the wants to retire as a Viking thing now, and then play the next clip about cap space and everything after that? Should we just start with this conversation? Yes. Okay. So. 
it's very interesting to me. And, and as you heard in the clip off the top of the show, he says the short answer for why I signed the contract is I want to be a Minnesota Viking. I, I want to retire as a Viking and play my way into that, if you will. Like, I find it so fascinating that he's been a starting quarterback now for seven years. And the level of uncertainty on both sides for all seven years, right? Like, here's a dude that puts up some of the most ridiculous numbers, like back of the football card numbers, 4,000 yards, 30, we talk about all the time, right? And so you'd look on paper and you would say, boy, if you're Washington or Minnesota, wouldn't you want this dude under contract? Like, wouldn't you want this guy signed for five years, six years, seven years? And the teams are always kind of like, eh, let's, uh, let's franchise you for a year. Let's, we'll lowball you and then we'll franchise you over here. And the Vikings are like, okay, we'll do a three-year deal, free agency. We'll do, th- we'll do a three-year guaranteed deal. Okay, then we'll tack another year on. Eh, let's, let's tack one more year on and see what happens, right? And then on the cousin side, it's like, I want to retire as a Viking, uh, but short-term contracts are more my thing, right? Like, no one wants to commit on either side right. throughout the history of Kirk Cousins being a starting quarterback in the NFL, and I find that fascinating. I find it to be exceptionally predictable because that whole press conference is, again, Kirk saying what Kirk thinks that he should say. Like, like he never wants – so here, here's a flaw. Go – when we play the clip, I want you to listen for two separate words that flow together like a beautiful thing, super and bowl. I want you to listen to him talk about his, his not the fact that he knows he, he has to play well, but the fact that he's talking about his championship aspirations, because that's what it's all about, right? Like last time I checked, that that's what it's, it's not about your statistics. It's not about one win here, one win there. It's about, in fact, you know what? It's not even about regular season success. It's about going to the playoffs and winning a championship. Um, I listened to the whole press conference this morning, and it's just it's just Kirk. I don't know what else to, to say, and I know this comes off as bashing, but he's saying what he thinks, being the corporate quarterback, that he thinks he should say, which is, I want to be here. But he never says the key words, the, the words that come from deep down in a man's heart or a woman's heart if she plays sports, which is championships. He never talks about championships. Yeah, so, and I can't remember if this part of it, when the, the clip that Declan played, I'm, I'm reading some of the quotes from the transcript here too, but part of, part of the longer version of that quote of, you know, I want to retire Viking was, if I could draw it up, it would be play well enough that you never have to play yeah. or wear another jersey anywhere else, I'm going to work really hard to try and make that possible. I'm going to defend him for a second here, actually. Shockingly, I'm going to come to the defense of Kirk. I think he has played and lived his entire football life as a scrappy underdog that nobody really fully believed in, right? In high school, he had to grind his way to be a starter. Mm-hmm. On It was kind of like, an, if I remember right, it was like an upstart high school program that hadn't been around that long. And he didn't get a Division One offer or a Power 5 offer until after his senior season was complete. Like, most senior quarterbacks who are going to play Power 5 football have been flirted with since they were six years old, right? Like, that's an exaggeration. But, like, they're, like they know who they're playing for the minute they step foot on the field for their senior year of high school football. And, like, he had to prove it throughout his senior year of high school football just to get Michigan State to say, all right, come on down here. You're going to be, like, seventh in line, but, like, we got a scally for you. <laughs> To play Division One Power Five football, and then he gets to Michigan State, and it's like he's in the back of the line. He's got to grind and work and push, and then he finally gets a starting job. and 
And then he gets to the NFL. It's like, okay, you're not a first-round pick. You're like, he's been this scrappy underdog. And, and the biggest compliment I can give him is he has fully maximized his potential, or close to it. I think there's another level with you know, a better coaching relationship. But, like, he's, like, operating at the 90th percentile of what Kirk Cousins was going to be professionally, right? And that's And he's made $200 million guaranteed or whatever it is. But at some point when you're 33, 34, and you've, now you've been in the league, you've, you've operated at a high level in the NFL. Like, is there another level to his mental wiring of it's no longer about, and I'm using his words here, playing well enough that you don't have to wear another jersey anywhere else. I'm going to try really hard to just sort of, pl- you know, now I'm paraphrasing, but I'm going to try really hard mm-hmm. to play well enough so that they'll keep having me back. Right. No, the bar is higher than that. That's, like, no, you're like you're a starting court. dude. You're one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world. Like, you're fine. You're gonna have a job. You're you've made 200 million dollars. You're fine. I want to hear more about what's next. Okay, you're financially secure. You've got a team. I want to hear talk about we, the team, Super Bowl, next level. Like, I don't want to hear talk about. You know, I just want to. I just. I just would like to play my way into staying as a Viking. It's like, dude, you're not the fourth round pick underdog anymore. And the, you're a, you're a guy, man. And the problem is, he's not paid like that. He's paid like a star, which is awesome, good for him. But but then your goal should not be. I hope to get by. Basically, what he's saying is, eh, I hope to get by here. Uh, I like it here. Which which, by the way, in my opinion, is what he thinks he's supposed to say. But what I but if I'm a Vikings fan, what I want to hear is how many championships are you going after now? Like, what's the what is the the ultimate goal? Can't be. I hope to play well enough to survive. The ultimate goal is yeah. I want Super Bowl championships. But you know what? So so I've got a theory about people like Kirk, and it's not just Kirk, but people like Kirk who, who are who are seen as the plucky underdog who's pretty talented, but you know what? There's always something that sort of holds them back just a bit. I feel like they thrive up to a certain point, but then when they get to the front of the line, they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And that's my opinion of Kirk is, is that when he is the fifth guy at Michigan state, or he is the, the uh, what third round pick of Washington when RG three is a top five pick, Kirk's like hell yeah, bring it on, let's go 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 go. And the goal the goal is to prove that you can be at the front of that that line. Well, that's that's all well and good, but once you get there, which congratulations he did. Yes. What do you do with it? Because uh, Brady does not say I got to the front of the line. That was awesome. I'm sort of yeah, I'm good now. Um, I hope to remain a Patriot. I hope to continue to play for the Buccaneers. He doesn't say, I'd like to retire here. He says, I want to win a bleeping Super Bowl, which, by the way, is the yeah. goal. So that's the thing with Kirk when he responds to these questions. He he did it again, too. Uh, Graf, or somebody asked him about his, his role in O'Connell's hiring and how much he talked to, you know, uh, Crazy and, and all that. And, you know, instead of saying, heck, yeah, yeah well, I was involved. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah, I made some calls. I love KOC. He's like, yeah, I didn't get his do ass as- in here. He's my guy. I yeah. didn't do as much as you thought. I, I didn't do as much as you thought. I Yeah, I talked to some. But I mean, at some point in time, that's somebody else. Yeah, I think what well, like the things some of these little frustrations that are coming out, people people ask us, like, how can you? 
you're so hard on Kirk all the time, and you're like, how do you know about his leadership and stuff? Well, first of all, you know, you know, we're not in the locker room on a regular basis, but we do hear things. But then you, but then if you can just listen to what he's saying right. publicly as the face of this franchise, and to, to the points he just made, Russell Wilson was a third round pick, and so he he had to spend some time very quickly, didn't last very long, proving that he was a front of the line guy, right? One of the top fifteen or twenty guys. So he actually wins the job in his first training camp over, was it Matt Flynn? I think they signed Matt Flynn they did. To, mm-hmm. to be the starter. Correct. But like a year later, he's riding the Legion of Boom defense. In fairness, it wasn't all Russell Wilson. But like he, he was unquestionably like, oh, he's no longer really proving himself. He's just the leader of this team. And now Kirk took over a team also with the number one defense in the NFL coming out of 2017, 2018, right? And it, it just didn't click the same way that it did with Russell Wilson. But I think he's afraid. And oh, one more point on Wilson, actually. When Wilson got traded to Denver, go back and listen to his press conference. Was he talking about, boy, I'm just really thankful to be here, and I just hope I can play well enough for them to want to keep me around? No, the way that he spoke at that press conference was, I know I'm the guy. They're bringing me in for a reason. I want this because I want to win Super Bowls. I, I don't want to just sit around toiling with a mediocre franchise that has antiquated views on offense, like I'm going to be vocal about this, force my way out, and I now now we're talking about championships. And I almost feel like Kirk is afraid to set those high expectations, publicly or otherwise, because like if he puts out a high expectation and doesn't reach it, then he's going to feel like a failure in some way. I almost feel like this is deeply psychological. I almost feel like there's a fear of success with him. You know, he doesn't. His ethos as a quarterback is about avoiding risk, not taking chances, right? So if you can if you can just play efficient risk avoidance football, you're gonna help your team quite a bit. But when it comes down to dude need you to need you to go that extra level and maybe make some riskier throws in big situations or you know, need you to do a little bit more, or need you to set an expectation that goes above just wanting to stick around and retire with the same team, like I, I almost feel like that's a foreign concept to him. And maybe Kevin O'Connell can make him feel more comfortable with Loftier goals in game and loftier goals for the franchise. Oh, let's let's play this other clip by the way. We, there's more Kirk Fodder here. Mm-hmm. Let's play the there's a, a sort of a longer version of mm-hmm. uh, some other stuff that he said. You know, I, I wanted to help create some cap space uh, so that we could put together the roster that you do feel really good about, and um, and I think it it was just trying to always you know find win wins, and I think it was a way to create a a win win, and um, uh, and then hopefully that leads to a lot of wins this fall. A lot of wins this fall. You know, again, it's like people are going to hammer me. You're, 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 you're just nitpicking, nitpicking. It's like he says a lot of wins this fall instead of Super Bowl because a lot of wins this fall is just a lower bar to clear, and it's a more comfortable bar to clear Right, than saying Super Bowl. It, it's down, it's you know? downplaying the ultimate oh. pressure, and it just feels like his press conferences at times were practiced in front of the mirror the night before. Like, it just feels like he's saying what he thinks people want to to hear. Um, I don't know. I can't describe it, but I know it. And, look, it comes back to a thing that we've talked about a lot, which is, in my opinion, the lack of intangibles, the lack of a the lack of the it uh, factor that he does not have. And that does not mean he's not good. What it means is if you're his teammate and you hear that, are you thinking – I want to run through a wall right now. This is football. I want to go through that damn no. brick wall. Or are you thinking, yeah, that's Kirk? Which again but is I don't the think... whole. We like Kirk. 
yeah. I don't think people like hate him. You know, I don't right. think no, I don't think like I don't think like Mike Zimmer kind of turned into a toxic leader behind the scenes very clearly more than even ownership thought in the last season. I don't think Kirk is toxic by any means. It's just like, you know, the cap space line is interesting. You know, it's actually kind of I, I'm surprised that he said that because usually he, I don't I feel like he doesn't talk about his contracts really. But like for him to come out and say. You know, I really wanted to help create some cap space so we could put together a roster that you feel really good about. And it's and yes, he did help create cap space in 2022. But of course, like in the process of the Vikings saying, "Dude, we oh my god, we can't this 45 million dollar cap hit. Like, we can't do that. Can you please help us out? We're new here, okay? It's Quasi. Throw us a bone here, buddy. Like you've had this franchise, you know, in a in a headlock for multiple. He's like, okay, right. okay, we'll create some we'll create some cap space." But I'm going to need a few things on the back end. I'm going to need $70 million for the next two years and a full no trade. Like, like, there's always like right. some leverage hook on the end of it for him. Um, and it's funny because other teams can create cap space too. It's not like the Vikings are in this vacuum where they're the only team that gets to create cap space. Well, by the time the offseason, you know, the main bulk of the offseason market played out, even after saving the Vikings $14 million or whatever it is in cap space, right. he still has, he's still the third highest paid player in the NFL cap hit wise. Right. Uh, the only other two above him are Ryan Tannehill, interesting, and Patrick Mahomes with that contract that they kicked in. So, you know, like, yeah, he helped create some cap space, but the overall like leverage play with these contracts means that he's still one of the three highest paid players in the NFL, which means it is harder to build the rest of the roster. That's why you have to go for. Sort of like a you know an average scrap heap right guard instead of a more highly paid right guard. I do like what they've done so far in free agency with their limited cap space, but let's not take a bow about saving the team cap space when you're still the third highest paid player in the entire league, right? Like let's pump the brakes a little bit on patting ourselves on the back there. Here's Kirk uh, on Kevin O'Connell. Kirk, when they were talking to Kevin O'Connell and looking at him as at him as an option, how much did you talk with ownership or talk with Quasi about your experience with them, if at all? What were your exchanges like with them in that process? Yeah, it, it was a minimal amount. I, I think I wanted to share and communicate, but by no means did I feel like it was my job to get involved, if that makes sense. Um, so that was really where I, I saw my role, if, if, if you will. And that's such a key <laughs> clip right there because that is work. that is the whole thing about but I but I mean if you think about so Kirk is what now? Ten years in to a pro career? Yeah. Uh if you think about the opportunity that that question from Ben Gessling, Star Tribune provided, which is to take the answer and spin it towards hell yes, this is this is my guy. Like this is gonna be a different I I I weighed in. And I'm going to tell you right now that I weighed in because I have played for KOC, and this is a brilliant young mind. And instead, he pulls back. See, this is his whole life. This is the problem. This is the ethos of Kirk, which is I'll only go to the to the edge, but I'll never look over the cliff because I don't like heights. And if I look over the cliff, I'm going to have to talk about the fact that I am applying pressure. That's what that did. I, he had the perfect opportunity there to say, hell yes, this is my guy. This is my opportunity. And he didn't take it. He didn't do it. I think, I think Phil has uh, frozen in 
Purgatory. <laughs> well, look at that smile. Yeah, great smile. Look at that smile. That's a million dollar smile. Who's Phil's dentist? God. We got to get them from the Pacific Northwest. We got to get Phil's dentist on board for this show because those are some pearly whites, baby. Well, I don't know about the dentist, Chad Zolga, but I do know you've been uh, losing some pounds, and now you're on. You're on the weight control. You're you're weighing in. You yep. are weighing in on yes. these decisions. Yes, I am. That's very well put. Yes, thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, uh, and and as Dex said, forty pounds down or thereabouts, and now. I am on the most important part because this is a part I've never sustained before, which is keeping the same weight. And And the program to lose the weight was simple, easy, and the program to keep the, the weight off, it's simple and it comes through coaching. And I want to offer you the opportunity now, 25% off the Livia program plus 35 meals for free. So 25% off the program plus 35 meals for free Lose the weight, keep it off, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA.COM, L-I-V-E-A.COM. And if you are uh, inside the state, you, you can certainly go to see their dietitian. They will help you out. But if you're outside the state, if you're a Purple Daily fan anywhere outside our state, guess what? Virtual visits. That's right. So sign up today, Livia.com. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. He's back. And by the way, Phil, you froze with a smile that was uh, – that you you might want this for a picture. Like just to put <laughs> oh, it oh, on. Really? Just a frame. It was a perfect picture. It was really nice. It, it really was like nice. the perfect smile. But anyway, it went back to my my assessment of, uh, of Kirk's response towards uh, – I didn't do too much for Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. And what I was going to say before I borrowed Judd's internet there for 60 seconds was um, – <laughs> Sorry, it's fixed. Judd's internet's fixed. Yeah, why are you taking we'll, shots we'll at me? By, I got yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the first major. <laughs> um, just to put a bow on this here, I, I think I, I love the way you put it, which is it's, it's it, 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 he avoids risk, right? Putting yourself out there and saying, hell yeah, hell yeah. When I heard this dude's name was in the mix, I got to tell you how much I love working with him in 2017, and I feel like we're going to form a great partnership. We've already been talking excessively throughout the off season. Love this guy. But if you put yourself out there to that degree and Kevin O'Connell doesn't work out, then it's like, oh, now it's, it's risky to attack. That's how I interpret it. A lot of people are – I'm sure there's 50% of people that watch this episode and think you guys are psychotic. You guys are probing and digging way too much on this stuff. But I don't know. We've been covering sports for – you know, combined for like 45 or 50 years, and you just sort of sense things with certain players. But anyhow, let's also talk about Dennis Kirk real quick. Huge supporters of us at Purple Daily, Score North, uh, from the very start going back three years ago. And uh, if you are a motorcycle guy or gal, maybe you're Ragnar, all right? You should be getting your parts and accessories at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. Free shipping on orders over $89, 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, and same-day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. DennisKirk.com. Ride more, wait less. Um, let's, uh, before we get to mock a day here, let's, can we hear from Patrick Peterson? Yeah. He had some interesting things to say yesterday. Let's hear from Pat. Peterson. The atmosphere... Uh, the culture, um, just everything about it. You know, I, I feel like Minnesota really took me in, took me and my family in, and um, I feel like we, we we had something really good going here. We just needed to get, you know, lead it in a different direction. I think we, um, um, the Wolf family did a great job of bringing in some great leaders, um, great innovators um, on the offense and the defensive side of the ball to, to, uh, to see if they could take us where, where we want to be, and you know, and I wanted to be a part of that because you know, majority of the team was coming back. You know, I wonder what he would have said and thought about Mike Zimmer, two thousand 
15, 16, 17, like when Zimmer was still fairly fresh and connecting with players, not fully, well, but like in a better way. And did, didn't Patrick, when he signed here a year ago, March, initially say that one of the reasons he came here was because of Mike and his coaching yeah. and things like that? You know what bothers me? I feel like uh, the majority of responses that we are getting from players who are back, which is a lot of players, they are geared towards almost a conditioned response that's been spread throughout the building of Zimmer was the bad guy. Here's our talking points. Um, I would really like to hear accountability. I would really like to hear we didn't do our job. You know, I'd like to hear one person say we are the reason Mike is gone. I think it tells you how much people hated him by the end. I think right? it, that I think so here's here's my dime store th- theory on this though. Uh when a message is it, when a message is put out like this from so many people and it's so identical in sports, it usually comes from talking points that the players have been like they talk to O'Connell and Quasi and they, they're like, you know, I know how bad things were here. This wasn't your fault. It's too many people. Like I haven't heard one person, including some guys that I consider to be accountable, I haven't heard one person say we screwed up. And may, honestly, like maybe they think that they were just put in bad spots. Like, I mean, that's ultimately what we're going to find out in however many months from now, right? The season starts in five months from now. Uh, Harrison Smith, we have a clip from Harrison Smith, right, Dex? He yes. also, he's, you know, he's not, he's more of a, Show your leadership and lead by example on the field guy. He's not the most uh, you, know, you know vocal leader necessarily, but he had some things to say. You know, we're big on big on relationships, uh, and uh, you know, knowing the guy next to you, knowing the guy coaching you, knowing about um, you know what makes them tick, their families, and and buying in, having <clears throat> having that that kind of ownership um, of of not only like your role in this building and on game day, but, um, you know, how that affects others and how that can help others, how they can help you. And we can collectively, um, you know, uh, have success. Oh, Ed Don or, um, Patrick Peterson added kind of a similar thing about relationships when he was asked about Ed Donatel. And he said, he always has great juice, positive energy. You can tell he's a guy that wants to get to know the player and the person. He couldn't care less about the football player. He wants to get to know Patrick Peterson, the person. Yes. Literally every time we met, he was always asking about my family. It was never about the game. It was all about yes. how's the family, what's your next move. So there, that's another theme here. You know, Harrison Smith talking about relationships. Patrick Peterson talking about Ed Donatel asking about family. Brian O'Neill from three months ago, you know, two three months ago, saying. Just a, some eye contact and a hello in the hallway. Just make it more personal. Yes. Yeah. See if it equates to wins. I right? hope it works for him. I, I hope have, it works for By the way, I fully buy into this. I, I agree with this. And maybe it's a generational thing, but. Uh, no, I know, fully why, buy into Why would I want to work for someone that doesn't give a rip about me as a human, you know? But my point is that the the response to this now has become so so standard that I think it's clearly they're trying to say this is our new culture, so talk about this. I, I mean, there's no question. Players are told, here's what your responses should, should be. It's why they, they freak out when a, a guy goes off or speaks his mind. 
So, yeah, no, if it works, it's great. I'm just going to say right, right now, 2003 playoffs when Ed was the uh, D.C. of the Packers and it was 4th and 26, um, and the pass was completed for a, a first down. I don't care if uh, if Darren Sharper and Ed and Bao Jew and Ed were friends and knew each other's families. Stop the damn pass. Just stop the damn pass. So there's a happy – I, I there, I just really feel like they're focusing here on a scapegoat as opposed to addressing, and this is what scares me, as I don't think they are necessarily addressing the real problems. And the real problems are manyfold. So I'm not giving Mike. Mike Zimmer was clearly a real problem. He was a real problem, but so was the team. And so was some of the guys that they're electing to bring back. And so, and look, if they looked this in the face and said, we're bringing back some guys, like we're taking a little, little bit of a gamble here. Little long in the tooth in some places. I I would have more respect. I feel like they are trying to do what too many people do, which is claim that that they that they have exterminated the boogeyman. And once that's done, it's potentially smooth sailing. That's not life. Well, God, there's so much more here, and we, and, and we and we can have more conversations throughout the week and the off season here. But um, one more thought here, and then we'll get to. To mock a day, I think you know we 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 put up that stat yesterday where the Vikings were historically bad defensively in the final four minutes of halves, where they were they were giving up touchdowns in the final four minutes of each half, thirty two percent of drives, which is nuts. Like not field goals, touchdowns, thirty two percent of drives. That's going to regress in a good way. Like that's that's going to come back to earth by just running a season back. Like you're it's. No one has ever been that bad right. since the year 2000. So Agreed. you're going to pick up an extra win or two by just not having that happen again, just by having a different coordinator, just you know, better luck, whatever it winds up being. And I think you're going to have a better offense based on everything we've talked about recently. So you know, eight wins goes to nine or ten. You know, let's say from eight to ten, sort of organically, I think. And then you have to factor in, all right, Eric Hendricks is a year older. Adam Thielen's a year older. Harrison Smith's a year older. Daniel Hunter, injury question marks. Is Darius Smith like sort of the attrition that might erode on the other side? And that's the question. Like how much can they gain by just replacing Zimmer and some of the bad luck? But then how much do they lose by some of these aging players on defense going over the cliff if if that happens? You know? Yep. That's a... Agree completely. I would just what I'm saying is as as this culture is established, which is which I do think is important because your identity and culture are very important. I would like to see more of a culture of accountability, and I feel like I feel like they're starting off by passing the buck. Yeah, that's, a, that's fair. That's well, they are they are it is a, con- a culture of accountability. It's hold Mike Zimmer accountable is what <laughs> I want to mock. All right, it's time for your uh, mock-a-day update here on Purple Daily. This one presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company. Mark your calendar, speaking to the draft, mm. April 28th. We've got the first-ever Purple Daily Surly Draft Party. Doors open at 3 o'clock. We're going to start live on our YouTube channel at 6 o'clock, around 6 o'clock. Attendees have a chance to win a 65-inch TCL Smart TV. Uh, we're partnering with Surly and the Food Group. To provide nutritious quality foods, bring a canned food item. You'll get a raffle ticket as well to win prizes. And for one night only, Judd, Surly will be brewing a special Before I Die Minnesota Football Ale. You have to be there in person to drink this 
magical beer. On tap, I can't wait. In, in fact, I, I'm going to make some calls. I'm going to try this beforehand to just make sure that it's as Judd approved as I think I it's come? going to be. Absolutely not. Before I die, which is the goal, because what? Because I got to try it first. Before I die, which is the goal of every Vikings fan, every Vikings follower, right? A Super Bowl. This beer will put a bow on that mission. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think if it goes well, which it's going to, I think before I die, might stick around Phil Mackey, Declan Goff. Yep. I, I think it, it, it might. And by the way. I hope so. Uh, no charge, too. Doors at three. We start at six. We go until the end of the first round. No charge. Come join us. Hang out. Talk to us. That's right. I talk. I talk. I'll be friendly. I promise. Surly Brewing, April Hello. 28th. Hello. Now, I, no, there'll be sincerity on this night. Especially once they start to get more surlies in me. I get very yeah, exactly. sincere. Yeah. I love get very chatty you. after about... About two and a half IPAs will get very chatty. I want a mock! All right. So uh, PFF has a new mock draft out here. With It's it's a first-round mock draft. Five trades we'd like to see sprinkled in throughout the first round of the draft. Let's see if the Vikings are on the five trades list, shall Gotta we? Be. Gotta be. So number one overall, Aiden Hutchinson to the Jags. Trayvon Walker from Georgia, the defensive lineman to the Lions. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau to the Texans. Iquanu to the Jets, Evan Neal to the Giants, Kenny Pickett, first quarterback off the board of the Panthers, and then they have a trade, okay? Saints moving up to take Malik Willis at seven. Okay. Very interesting. That makes a lot of sense, though. Mm -hmm. I get that one. Falcons taking a receiver, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, Sauce Gardner, the cornerback to the Seahawks at nine, and then we have another trade. The Steelers trading up to 10 with the Jets to draft Desmond Ritter. So three quarterbacks in the top 10 here. This is way more likely than than no quarterbacks in the top 10. I will continue I'm going two in the top 10. Okay. Desmond Ritter, 10th overall of the Steelers. Wow, yeah, that's a reach. Commanders (laughs) get Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame, and that brings us to the Vikings. No trade. They stand pat at 12. Yeah, because they didn't trade with Pittsburgh. And they take... Jr. I want a mock! Mock! So this is now the fourth right. time since we started tracking a mock a day, the fourth time that Derek Stingley Jr. has gone to the Vikings. Trent McDuffie comes in at second three times ahead of Jermaine Johnson twice, Jordan Davis once, and a couple of trades in there too. So there it is. Stingley seems like the, so we think the he's most fall frequently now. mocked player to the Vikings. See, I, I thought the great oh. pro day would take him off the table by 12. Well, if, That's three, if two or three quarterbacks go up that high, then someone's yeah. got to fall. Two quarterbacks top ten won't surprise me one bit. Three, no. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I'd be surprised. That. So there you have it. Here's your mock a day here on Purple Day. Very nice. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Patrick Gracie waiting for us. Uh, Mackie and Judd. What time are, are we, we going? going? All right, thanks for hanging out with us. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We'll see you tomorrow.